RCMP says if you approach, if you enter Canada, you will be arrested for illegal entry into Canada. That's Globe reporter Frédéric Xavier Duhamel on the border between Quebec and New York at Roxham Road. Hola. Hi, hola. De donde están? Hola. De donde están? This unofficial border crossing was a popular route for people coming from the U.S. to claim asylum in Canada. But now, many people can no longer claim asylum at unofficial crossings, after U.S. President Joe Biden and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced a change to the Safe Third Country Agreement. Frédéric was at Roxham Road last weekend. Today, he'll tell us about the people he met there, why this change happened, and what this means for people seeking asylum in Canada. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Frederick, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So you were at the Roxham Road unofficial border crossing just before the, these new rules went into effect last week. Can, can you just describe it for me? What what was it like there? Uh, it was confusing at times, probably uh, most of all for the people coming in who, who did not know of the new rules. What I think made it a bit more confusing was that there were not many indications of the policy change at the border. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that changed really was the was the sign. So there used to be a sign uh, giving information about the process of seeking asylum in Canada and a sign telling people to to stop that it was uh, illegal to cross. And now those signs were removed, and they put another sign saying it's illegal to cross into Canada and adding that you might be returned to the United States if you cross at that point. So the sign change, was that actually the the main change that happened at the border then at midnight? Just a switch of signs, essentially? It's the only thing that changed. The message from the uh, from okay. the RCMP officers did not change at all uh, before and after midnight. Uh, the sound I sent you was uh, an RCMP officer saying, you know, to stop, uh, do not cross. Uh, it's illegal to cross into Canada here. Uh, you will be arrested if you cross. And that, that was the same message before and after midnight. Could you just describe what Roxham Road actually looks like? Like the area, when you're standing there, what, what are you seeing? It's between uh, Champlain, New York and Saint-Bernard-de-la-Colle, Quebec, uh, which are both very small towns. It's a sparsely populated area. It's mostly fields and, uh, and woodlands. It's a dirt road on the U.S. side. It's it's paved on the Canadian side. Uh, there is now this uh, RCMP compound on the Canadian side, uh, which has been there for the past few years as the uh, as the number of asylum seekers who crossed there grew. So you were talking to to some people as they were getting off buses out of cars to to cross the border there. Can can you just tell me about some of the people you met? Who who were they? On Friday night, uh, there were people, uh, you know, at, at Roxham Road. Before midnight, uh, we met people from all over the world, really, from Afghanistan, Turkey, uh, Haiti, uh, Chad, Botswana, uh, the DRC, uh, Colombia, Venezuela, and other countries. 
on Friday afternoon, I met people coming off the bus at the 3 p.m. bus at uh, at the Mountain Mart, which is a convenience store and a Dunkin' Donut in a deli in Plattsburgh, New York, which is the last bus stop before the border. And so the people that went off the bus at, uh, on Friday afternoon were probably the, among the last ones to uh, to to be able to do that and and not and not be returned uh, uh, to the U.S. before the the policy change. Uh, and so I spoke with people from Colombia who said they uh, they did not know of the policy, the, the looming policy change, and they said they were uh, fleeing uh, violence, armed armed group violence, and and uh, threats that their family had received. Uh, and so uh, throughout, the, I stayed there for Friday night at Roxanne Road, and then I went back on Sunday. And I met uh, other people uh, who had arrived uh, too late. I met people from uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Venezuela, and Colombia, and they all said that they would they would still try their luck uh, to to go through uh, to come into Canada because they what they told me is that they really had no other option. They had nothing to to go back to, and they had made uh, all this. Uh, they have come a long way, and uh, they wanted to try their luck anyway. Wow. And I think someone you spoke to from Afghanistan, his name is Murtaza Rezia, I think. Could you Can you just tell me about his story? Murtaza Rezai arrived at Roxanne Road uh, crossing at about 11 p.m. with his three sisters. He told reporters he was in a rush. He knew of the of the policy change, and but he told reporters that, uh, that he fled Afghanistan because uh, life was made impossible under the Taliban rule. He worked a bit in the U.S., uh, for a time, crossed many countries. Initially, I, I, I spoke to him in Spanish because uh, I, th- I thought it was from Latin America, but he told me, and he answered in Spanish, but he told me, oh, I'm not Latin, I'm from Afghanistan. I picked up a bit of Spanish on the way because I needed to, because he crossed wow. several Latin American countries uh, before arriving in the U.S. And then he learned on Thursday night, I think, of the uh, that there would be this policy change at Roxanne Road. And he said he, uh, he bought a ticket. I'm not sure exactly what mean of transportation, probably a bus ticket. And then uh, with his three sisters and came to Roxanne Road uh, about just about in time to make wow. it through. So let's get into some of the details here about about these new rules, uh, because the, these are changes to the Safe Third Country Agreement. So, Frederick, what specifically about the Safe Third Country Agreement has changed? So the safety of country agreements used to apply only at official border crossings, what are called ports of entry. And we should maybe just remind people, so the safe third country agreement is essentially you have to claim asylum in the first safe country that you land in, either the U.S. or Canada. That's an agreement between those two countries. And and, and just to be clear here, Fadjik, this is not just for Roxham Road, right? This is any unofficial border crossing now along the Canadian-U.S. land border? Exactly. The thing is, Roxham Road was by far the most uh, popular, for lack of a better word, uh, place to to cross between ports of entries. So the, the RCMP publishes data, monthly data, on people who are intercepted between ports of entry. And in 2022, it's over 39,000 of people who were intercepted uh, between ports of entry uh, in Quebec, uh, compared to less than 400 in the rest of the country. Hmm. And so the vast majority of people crossing into Quebec would have been at Roxanne Row. And uh, yeah, now it applies not only to ports of entry, but also, uh, but also between ports of entry, which means uh, rocks and road, among other places, uh, all all along the the border. So, what actually happens? Like we we talked about the change of the signs, but what is actually the difference that happens at those unofficial border crossings now? So the RCMP arrest them, then they are taken to a Canadian Border Service uh, agency, 
uh, port of entry, and uh, and then your situation is assessed. Uh, so there are a few exceptions under under the safe third country agreement, which means some people were, would still be eligible to make an asylum claim at the land border between the U.S. and Canada. Uh, but if you if you are deemed eligible, you can you can go ahead and make your claim. But if you're deemed in, ineligible, what changes now is that you'll be returned to the U.S. Hmm. And the CBSA has started to return people to the U.S. But yes, you, so you said so. Sometimes people can still make an asylum claim in Canada. So so what are the exemptions that w- that would actually allow them to do that? Yeah. So there are four categories of exemptions from the uh, Safe Third Country Agreement. The exceptions are for uh, those who have family members who are, uh, for example, citizens or permanent residents of Canada. Also, there's an exception for unaccompanied minors and for document holders, so people who already have a work permit, uh, for example, or a study permit to come into Canada. There's also a public interest exception for people who have been charged or convicted of an offense that could subject them to the death penalty in the U.S. or a third country. Hmm. Uh, but also those refugee claimants are ineligible if they have been found inadmissible in Canada on the grounds of security or for violating human or international rights or for serious criminality, for example, or if the minister finds a person to be a danger to the public. And so if someone is turned away, they, they cross illegally, they're sent back to the U.S., can they try to claim asylum again in Canada? So I asked this question to Stéphanie Valois, who is the president of the Quebec Association of Immigration Lawyers. And she told me that this person will be ineligible to claim asylum forever in Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Okay, so let's turn our attention now to why this change is actually being made here. So previously, people could claim asylum at unofficial land border crossings. They couldn't at official land border crossings because of the Safe Third Country Agreement. But now with this change, people won't be able to claim asylum at these unofficial crossings like Roxham Road. What does the Canadian government say about why it made this decision? So the stated objective from the Canadian government for this um, this change in policy is to was to address irregular migration. This will ensure fairness and more orderly migration between our two countries. That's a government what, statement, uh, then. Yeah, exactly. That's the the press release from the prime minister's office. Uh, you know, the conservatives uh, and other opposition parties have called for Roxanne Road to be uh, shut down, for the passage to be closed. Uh, it was not. It was not always clear what this meant in practice. Uh, politicians in Quebec have also asked for a change in policy there. So the federal government was facing this political pressure from Quebec, especially because they were, as as we said, a, a huge number of, of asylum seekers are coming through that province. We should just say this, a, a lot of changes in the states with the election of President Donald Trump, changes to their immigration policies and things was actually part of the the fuel here that was that was causing more people to try to enter uh, the Canada through the, the U.S. land border there. Yeah, this is uh, one of the causes that people have pointed uh, to f- for to explain the rise in asylum seekers crossing at unofficial ports of entry, such as Roxanne Road. Uh, there were also other things, you know, global uh, global issues like the Syrian crisis causing um, record numbers of displaced people throughout the world. And uh, some people have also pointed at the uh, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's tweet uh, in 2017 uh, uh, saying that refugees... Asylum seekers were welcome to to Canada. 
And, and just to get to the heart of this, I guess, what was the, when we talk about Premier François Legault saying he wanted Roxham Road closed, the arguments from the Quebec side, what, what was the argument in Quebec, I guess, to the federal government about why, why they were worried about this? Yeah, so Premier François Legault was uh, worried about uh, Quebec's uh, capacity to welcome asylum seekers with dignity, uh, so to provide them with uh, services such as healthcare, schooling for their kids, and uh, temporary housing. Resources, essentially. Exactly, resources, but also, you know, not only financial, but in terms of uh, of people who could take care of, of the incoming people. And he also mentioned in a letter to uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau concerns about uh, French language. It's a big uh, issue for uh, for Premier Legault and his government, um, the preservation of French. And he saw the arrival of uh, many asylum seekers who did not speak French as a threat to French uh, language in Quebec, in Montreal in particular. Okay, so that's kind of the side of, of why the Trudeau government, the Canadian government, may have some reasons to, to change this this agreement. What about the U.S., though, Frédéric? They've got a, a different situation down there. What's, what's their motivation for wanting these changes? So many observers uh, in the past few months have said that uh, the U.S. probably did not have much of an incentive to renegotiate the uh, the safe third country agreement because, in effect, it was um, kind of uh, like a pressure valve, uh, allowing people to go from the U.S. to Canada. Um, of course, the U.S. is uh, facing significant challenges at, at its southern border with uh, many more people coming in there than we've ever seen in Canada. Like we're talking like hundreds of thousands kind of each or 100 to 200,000 each year, basically, coming through the southern border. Exactly. Yes. But um, our colleague, Marika Walsh, um, has reported uh, before the uh, the renegotiated agreement was uh, announced, she she reported on the uh, on the settlement, um, whereas apparently the, the White House asked uh, Canada to help ease the much more significant pressure it faces with irregular migration on the southern border. Uh, in the U.S. southern border by accepting 15,000 more migrants um, in Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh, This number, 15,000 more uh, migrants, was part of the official announcement, but it is not yet clear um, what will be those pathways to welcome those 15,000 more migrants. This announcement was made last Friday afternoon during U.S. President Joe Biden's visit to Canada uh, when him and Trudeau were meeting. And, and just a few hours later, after they made that announcement, the crossing was closed. It was something like like eight hours that day. So, Frederick, why did it happen so suddenly? So, again, our colleague, uh, Marika Walsh, reported that um, there, there has been uh, an agreement in the works for a year, about a year um, but it was kept uh, secret just to avoid a uh, a sudden rush at uh, at our southern border, um, because of course people who would have known uh, early on that uh, that a looming policy change would uh, would uh, prevent them from claiming asylum at uh, Roxanne Road uh, would have been incentivized to make their way there earlier, which is it's kind of what we saw in, in, on Friday night, but of course, probably to a lesser extent than what it would have been otherwise. Now, the other side of this means that uh, many people who were already on on the bus um, to Roxanne Road were arrived either early on Saturday morning. For example, there was a 3 a.m. bus on Saturday morning full of people who were hoping to make an asylum claim to Canada, faced, uh, had to reassess their plan which must have been uh, difficult for many of them. 
I, and I, I guess I want to. We, we've been talking about the dangers of, of crossing in a, in a place that's that's not regulated. Um, but I guess I, I also wonder too if if you're not claiming, if you do get into the country and you don't claim asylum, you're essentially undocumented. Then doesn't doesn't that pose additional dangers and difficulties? Well, for sure, uh, undocumented people are uh, extremely vulnerable. Uh, of course, it makes it more much more difficult to. Uh, to receive uh, support and social services uh, or, of course, to get uh, any kind of work. So uh, that's probably another concern that we're looking at right now. What's the argument against this, Frederic? Yes, advocates and experts have said that uh, trying to apply the Safe Third Country Agreement to all of the border, which is, uh, I think, the the world's largest uh, land border, uh, would be extremely challenging. And uh, as well, that it would put uh, people at risk because it, it incentivizes them to try a riskier approach, such as crossing, um, you know, in the woods or in the fields. And we have seen people uh, dying, to, trying to do the same from Canada to the U.S., where there is not the equivalent of Roxanne Road to process them. Just lastly here, Frederic, from everything you've heard and the people that you've been talking to, what do you think is going to happen in, in, in the coming months? Like, do you think people will still try to cross the border at Roxham Road? I think uh, from what we've heard by uh, uh, migration experts and, uh, and advocates is that uh, is that yes, people are still. Uh, of course, this now this it disincentivizes people to cross through Roxanne Road because they are not at risk of being returned to the U.S. But it, uh, in a way, it incentivizes them to try more risky approaches, such as trying to cross anywhere else and uh, in a covert manner, and try to avoid being intercepted by the RCMP. So this is probably. Uh, what we will see uh, in the coming months. Fajrik, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.